Got it. Hello, everyone. Bonjour, Tavon, and welcome to Talk to Danielle. I am your host, Danielle C. Baker, and today I have an amazing guest. Uh, actually, I just love talking with, reading up on him. He's, he's just got a great story, and I'm really excited to have him on. So I am interviewing our golden boy, Dr. Jimmy McDowell. And thank you so much for joining me. I'm really excited to have you on. Perfect. I mean, I've been looking forward to this, you know, all the way from sunny South Florida. I wanted to be on the beach tonight, but I ended up being, you know, away from Hutchinson Island. So you get me yeah. in my in my natural habitat in my car. <laughs> that's right. That's our reality. We're kind of we are where we are. That's about it. it. Is. That's, that's where it is. But I do. I see the uh, the pictures that you post sometimes of, of the, the beach and the sunset, and it's just incredible. So I'm all the way up in Canada. So when I see those pictures, I just right. I just dream for a little bit. <laughs> so yeah. thank you again. And uh, well, we're, I'm going to be asking you some questions. And uh, if you want to add to it, just go ahead and go right in. I'm not big on reading people's bios because, you know, sure. it's just so formal. But if you want to just kind of share your story story with your audience because it's a, an incredible story and I think you're going to be the best one to tell it. Yeah, I grew up in the Midwest. I grew up in um, Arkansas and um, Arkansas was on the boundary between the North and the South. So we could either choose the North or the South, whatever we identified with. And, and growing up in a very, um, you know, beautiful family, middle class, um, the three things that sort of had held people together in the South was, you know, God, guns and gravy I always I, I threw that last part in because every every meal that my mom prepared was you know from the heart you know every Sunday mm -hmm. at nine o'clock we were in church and then my dad taught us how to you know hunt and fish so you know God's guns and gravy you know just ended up being sort of you know not only me but you know tons of my friends and and how we were raised and you know, from that time, I played um, high school football, played college football, tried out for the pros, you know, afterwards played some semi-pro ball, played, tried out for arena ball and USFL and, and so many other things that sports has always been a part of my background. At the right. same time, um, academics, you know, academia was too. I went, graduated the BS in biology for college and then went to dental school in New Orleans and have been a dentist since 1988. And so all those years, you know, I always, one of my favorite sayings is a beautiful smile is always in style. So, you know, I've been helping smiles and helping people, you know, have their beautiful dreamed about smile, but I always had in the back of my mind, um, as, as we were raising family, I have four daughters and a son. Um, mm. I always wanted to still do a little bit of physical. One of my patients was a professional wrestler. And in mm. 1991, I got to meet um, Vince McMahon and uh, George the Animal Steel in South Florida. And they asked mm -hmm. me, if, um, you know, about my background and told them, you know, all that I did. And they wanted me to, to consider a, a full-time career. And I, we just had twins. Our twins were two years old. I just opened a dental practice and there was no way I could commit, you know, full-time to do that. I, I didn't believe in my dream enough at the time. And so... Over the years, I started revisiting that dream and had another patient came in and, you know, early 2000s. And from that point on, I've been a wrestler. I've been fixing teeth by day and knocking them out at night. Love <laughs> that's, it. that's what I love. I always say that fixing teeth by day and knocking them out at night. It keeps the practice going. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> it does. Yeah. 
it does. And, and I've actually had a chance to to help some people, you know, in the in the wrestling business, people that have, you know, that, you know, when they people with a bad mouth, I mean, a bad smile, they'll talk to you like this. And always mm-hmm. I make them put their hand down because I want to see their personality come out. And usually it's because, you know, they have a bad, bad grills, you know, bad teeth. And I, I feel compassion for people who are always in front of people like wrestlers are always on TV, always, you know, following their passion. And yet they can't smile because of, you know, a front tooth got knocked out and I've helped mm-hmm. several people, you know, get their smile back. So it, I get to do, I get to play both sides of the fence when I'm wrestling. That's awesome. That's yeah. really good. Now, how, how did you, um, cause I know that you, you, you loved wrestling too, when you were younger, but how, when did you know that this is what you'd want to do that being a dentist and also say, I, I, I'm going with the sport as well. Yeah, I answer that all the time in, in a true story. From the time I was like six or seven years old, I wanted to be a dentist. I always said dentist, you know, kids say they want to be a fire truck driver or, <laughs> you know, a garbage man or whatever. It's just things that are loud and crunchy and sounding, you know, to, to kids. And for some reason, I always said that I want to be a dentist. When I was about seven years old, the summer of seven years old, um, I spent several weeks in a row with with some of my baby teeth getting fillings and the dentist, um, Dr. DeBin, you know, as you lean back and here's this big hairy guy above you. And he always had things up on the ceiling. And he said, when you're, he always started the, he said, when you're a dentist, you'll be able to do this with your patients. So in the back of my mind, I was like, doesn't everybody want to be a dentist? (laughs) So at the same, (laughs) at the same time, I was, um, my dad was coaching me in baseball and football and, um, my dad was not a pro wrestling fan or anything like that, but my okay. grandma and grandpa and my mom loved the the pomp and circumstance. I was seven years old and my mom had taken me to um, a match in downtown, downtown Arkansas, downtown Little Rock. And I got up on the ring to get an, a, a, an autograph from one of my favorite wrestlers. And this big stereotypical bad guy came running across the ring, knocked into him, knocked me out of the ring and, onto the front to the front row and I was hooked for life I'm thinking I'm seven years old I just got to be a part of a wrestling match you know and so from that point on I I knew that at some point out there maybe I would get to be a professional wrestler too that must have been an incredible experience actually just to to be in it must be terrifying as well but it must be it must have been so cool to be uh to be part of that Oh, I, I did show and tell on my bruise and everything else. I mean, you could, <laughs> I, I may, I milk that for all it was worth. It was really nice. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. <laughs> now balancing it too, uh, we'll talk about how you balance life. It's, it, it, it requires a lot of discipline for both, uh, for both careers. How, um, what kind of habits would you say kind of helped you get there? You have to be disciplined. Um, you're mm-hmm. always in the gym training. I, I grew up having to train. Um, lifting weights. I'm naturally not necessarily a, a huge guy, but I, I, with weight training and, you know, lifting and running, I've, I've um, been able to pack on the pounds over the years. Typically I'm about one of the largest guys in the ring, you know, these days um, there's a lot of guys in the one, one eighties to 210s and I, I weigh, I weigh two sixty. So to maintain mm-hmm. that, I have to always be lifting. I have to always be training, um, Back in the old days, it was um, lifting heavy weights and lifting more and more and more and heavier and heavier and heavier. I just turned 61. So I'm going to share that. I'm going to share that. But at the same time, there's people that want to learn something new. You can start a, a side business at any age. And I've been doing this for 
you know, 20 years. I've been doing dentistry for 35 years now, and I really totally enjoy it. But to do it, you really have to be disciplined. You know, you have to hit the books. In my in my college years, um, my senior year, we had four pre-med and four pre-dental students. And, we, you know, we were very, you know, cerebral group of guys. Um, just loved the fact that we could share sports and, you know, academics at the same time. Discipline, number one. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, it's true. We really do need it. Um, tell us what's new with you. What's going on right now? Any because uh, you, you have so much going on. Any new venture happening for you? You know, right now, the majority of things that, that I'm um, Sarah Weiss, who you had on yesterday, I believe I have become yeah. a new a new addict to pickleball. And um, <laughs> I, I, I might could challenge her worst shots at times. She's going to be coming down with um, Adam and the family, I believe, next this, this month oh. in August. And we're going to get to train together and play some pickleball together and looking forward to um, being able to share that. Um, my fiance, Beth, is coming from California. She's been out there for three years, moving back to Florida. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, during this next month. So really looking forward to starting a new, you know, amazing relationship. And uh, it, every every new beginning has its days. And, you know, we work with our uh, our counselors. We know that each and every day is a new horizon. Just looking forward to every, every day is exciting. You know, somebody asks, how's your day? Well, every day that ends with a Y is perfect. I love it. You know, it's a new yeah. beginning. <laughs> That's right. It is. And it's important when you, you're enjoying what you do every day. It doesn't feel like you're working, especially when you're putting in the long hours. So that, that's really good. And yeah, Sarah is getting me on the court next week. So I'll probably good. get the pickleball bite as well. <laughs> she's, she's getting everybody on it. <laughs> um, and we're, uh, with the dentistry, how uh, anything new going on? Do you have? Yeah. Um, during the last during the last couple of months, I've been approached by um, Eddie Garrido, he's the owner of Clearwater Aesthetics in Tampa, Florida, in Clearwater. And um, I've reinvigorated my um, my dental life because over the last five to 10 years, I've been going to um, nursing homes. It's been a passion of mine going to nursing homes, hospitals, rehab facilities, ALFs, and CMP patients who have no ability to be able to get up, get out, and get their, you know, their dental health care taken taken care of. So I go to them. I've been going to them literally off and on over the last 10 years. As I started picking up more and more um, hospitals and nursing homes, I did less and less private practice. And um, I still love to make people smile. And I know it's sort of, maybe I'm, I can't remember if I made it up or not, but you know, a beautiful smile is always in style. It doesn't mean if you're five years old, then if you're five or 20 or 50 or 90, I had a patient the other day, 105 years old, and she wanted a new set of dentures. She wanted to miss. She wanted a um, new set of dentures. And I said, Miss Adley, why do you need a new set of dentures? She said, If I break these, my boyfriend may not like me anymore. <laughs> She's 105. I was so happy to make her a new set, but I was trying to talk her out of it. And she said, Doc, I just I need a new set. And she was she was very well aware of life, and I was very happy to help her get a new smile. She will- she wanted to stay on her game. That's awesome. Yeah. So, so clear, clear, yeah, Clearwater Aesthetics is a um, is a full body medical spa. They do everything from Brazilian butt lifts to to Botox to breast augmentation. And um, mm-hmm. people that have that done um, are obviously looking in the mirror all the time and, and judging 
you know, what the mirror says. And a lot of times people can see this or this, but they, they don't look at their smile. So we're going to be able to take a beautiful smile to them as they, you know, take care of the rest of their bodies. So really looking forward to that over the next, you know, you know, six to 12 months as we really implement it starting this month. That's exciting. Actually, yeah, you're right. We don't think about that, but the teeth are just as important as well for absolutely all yeah, of it. Yeah. yeah. It's amazing. With with everything that you've learned over the years, with the, all of your experiences, is there anything, just a lot of times we'll say, oh, I wish I would have known this when I was younger. It would have just made things so much easier for, for me. Is there any, that kind of wisdom that you, you knew you wanted to pass along to your children? Uh, yeah. I, one of the things that, that hit me during dental school, one of our one of our main instructors, he was very athletic in, in college and he knew that, you know, we were a lot of our group was was athletic. And he asked us during the first month or two of school, you know, about some of the things that we were doing. And, you know, our answer was, you know, it looks good enough, you know, and good enough is never enough. If you're not doing your absolute best, don't throw it out there. Don't present it. Don't give a paper if it's not ready. Don't, you know, prepare, you know, a meal if you've left half the ingredients out. But average is never an option. Um, mediocrity. Think of a best-selling book, um, How to Be Average, How to Be Mediocre. Those wouldn't be best-selling books. <laughs> to, be, to be average and to be mediocre is what normal people are without even thinking about it. If they, if they, if you hear a study, they said the average American or the average Canadian, you know, weighs is forty percent overweight. Well, I don't want to be average. You know, I don't. I either need to get taller or lose weight. You know. <laughs> so, but the thing about it is, being average is just the standard that people aspire to. And you know, I remember growing up in in high school and, and even junior high where. You, you know, everybody had to wear a certain kind of jeans or a certain kind of shoes because everybody wanted to fit in. Everybody wanted to, to look the part and be the part. And it's not that indifferent as an adult because, you know, people don't want to be seen as, you know, too smart or too not smart. They just want to be like middle of the road. It, life cannot be made with average mediocrity. It has to be people who take it, take it. A, a chance and move outside of the box. Yeah, we need more of that today as well. It is something that really does need to, it's a message that needs to be passed on to all children right now. To stop yeah, following I mean, the masses. You, know, mm -hmm. you know, great, great people talk about ideas, you know, average people talk about themselves and simple people, you know, talk about other people. So when you, if you aspire to be great, you're talking about ideas and dreams. And if you have somebody that's going to take your dream away, don't be with that person. You know, aspire to the same level. Um, you see a lot of marriages that may not last because they have two different levels of, of beliefs or two different levels of aspirations. And the people that are more alike tend to, to stay longer and more connected together over the years, it seems like. Yeah, that's right. And there's no... Uh... If you're just in your comfort zone, there's no room for growth there. So, yeah, it just kind of goes stagnant after a while. That's amazing. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah. If you had um, a billboard or the world's microphone where you could uh, send a message out to everyone, I know you you have you share a lot of great insight like you just did. What what would you say to to the entire world? On I, th I think. Never be complacent. You know, always 
be able to reinvent yourself. Over the years as a, as a dentist, you know, I, I, I didn't learn this procedure without advancing to, to other cosmetic and more, you know, beautiful smiles. And I didn't, you know, you don't start out being a great dentist off the bat, you know, you know, the basics and you do more advanced procedures the same way in wrestling. Um, your persona, your out, your outward look, how you're judged. My hair has not always been blonde and, um, it's Sally beauty platinum 3.0. I mean, it is bleach blonde and I'll admit it, you know? So when you go back five years from now, five years ago, you see me with brown hair. I didn't, I didn't want to always be stuck in a cubby hole, in a pigeonhole, in a, in an exact persona, an exact thought that that's how I'm going to be the rest of my life. Uh, I wanted to improve myself. I wanted to, and all of a sudden, I, if I'd have known it was going to make that much difference, I would have bleached my hair decades ago, you know? So people's thought of you, you know, your persona, your perception, your ability to project. And maybe this really is me because I think maybe when I had brown hair, I was more passive or I was more um, subdued, but all of a sudden, you know, it gets something that gives you the confidence to get outside of your normal self. Yeah. It doesn't take much to rebrand yourself, you know, revisit the new you, um, a billboard. Yeah. I, th I would say live, with a new you in your future, you know, don't ever, don't ever get stuck in the same status quo. That's, mm -hmm. that's very much true. And uh, yeah, with wrestling, it, it, that would definitely allow you to build that persona to, to kind of <laughs> reinvent yourself. Yeah. <laughs> and I love, yeah. I love, I love your robe, by the way, this is the, the whole getup is perfect with the hair. Yeah. You have it down packed. That's good. And that actually leads to my next question, which is great when you say, you know, don't, don't stay stagnant or, you know, don't stay, don't be complacent. Uh, this is a question that I like to ask often is, uh, what would you like to be when you grow up? <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, I am having to be a little bit smarter now. Um, the more I get into, you know, I call it middle age years, but you know, mm -hmm. once I turn 60, 61, I have had, you know, knee issues and back issues and neck issues that a lot of people do, whether they've, you know, jumped off the top rope or been body slammed, you know, regularly, those kind of things. So your body can't take the same position of, uh, beating up that it's taken over the years. And people said, well, you really have a decent persona. Why don't you get into managing? I, I love, I love wrestling as the performer. <laughs> I love wrestling as the storyteller, as the person who's, you know, weaving the, the story into the match. And um, I had a great wrestler over the years, sit back and, and talk to me. He said, pick somebody on each side of the ring, you know, pick a, an eight year old, boy on this side and wrestle when you're on the side wrestle to him you know and pick a middle-aged mom to the next side and, and if you're if you're wrestling to the whole group you're not really connecting with everybody but if you pick one person on each side and as you're connecting with that one person everybody thinks you're looking at them but if you just generically I've, have you seen people who've given a speech and they're looking at the back of the auditorium back of the auditorium, back of the auditorium, because that's the way they were taught. You know, they're not making eye contact. They're not making contact with the people. And, you know, uh, Tony Robbins and uh, Dean Gracioso and so many of the guys that are, you know, of that ilk have an ability to connect verbally, but they connect visually. I, um, Beth and I, one of the first um, things that we ever did, we shared a UPW 
um, in Miami, four days. And um, one day I dressed outrageously. I wore a yellow outfit and it was Rockstar, one of my sponsors. And, um, you know, here we are, you know, 20, 30 rows away, almost eye level with Tony. And he turns and the yellow banana guy stands out and, and he looked at me and that said, he just looked at, you know, so there's connections with people, even when they've got 15,000 people in front of them, you know, you have to feel like you're in touch with the people that are around you. And uh, I think sharing the, sharing the ability to rebrand yourself with some of the younger guys, they always, now the guys want to look the same on TV. A lot of the, you know, there's so many different groups, you know, WWE, AEW, NWA, a lot of the guys want to look the same. And to me, that's mediocrity, you know, set yourself apart, look different, be different, act different. People will notice. Yeah. Yeah. And that's true because we see that more and more, everybody kind of using the cookie cutter type of approach to things and, and the standout. So anyway, that, that's my, that's where, that's where I want to share, you know, just, just set yourself apart and be a little bit different. Be, you know, some people want to be a little bit different. Some people want to be a lot of it different. And either way it's, it's connecting with the people who are truly, you know, able to be influenced, you know, and I always, I always um, get pictures, you know, with kids, dads, dads say, Hey, come get a picture with me with my kid. And I already know that the psychology is that dad really wants a picture. Right. And, but he said, he sort of makes the child, you know, seven, eight, 10 year old kid, go get a picture made with me. And I said, after we, after I take a picture, I say, take your dad's phone and get a picture of me with your dad. And I always take the dad's arm and put it around me, you know, like he's choking me. And that's the picture that always makes it on Facebook. You know, I got to beat up a professional wrestler today, you know, but the, the dad will never put the picture of his child on because he wanted people to see that he also is important and connects, you know, so, so I enjoy sharing, you know, the fun it's, it's camaraderie. Um, wrestlers are a, a big group of, um, you know, faces and heels, you know, good guys, bad guys, but in real life, some of us are dentists, some That's of right. us are insurance agents. Some of us are, you know, all different, all the different, um, life choices outside of the ring. That's it. You live a double life type of thing. <laughs> That's great. You shared uh, before we recorded, uh, you were sharing kind of words to live by. I don't know if you'd like to share that with us on, uh, I have seven, seven points that I always like to bring up and I have the notes on another page. Would, would it be okay to just oh, leave yeah. my face on? Okay, let me see if I can just go to that screen. Um, I, I call them seven rules of life. And, and the first one is um, let it go. Never ruin a good day by talking about a bad yesterday. So you have to let go of yesterday before you handle today. You have to let go of today to get ready for tomorrow. So there's that transition time in your seven rules of life. Hey, you have to lead one, you have to let it go. Number two, you have to ignore the naysayers. Don't listen to other people. Live a life that's empowering to you. Um, I believe we met first with empowered life. Ignore the naysayers. Nobody believes in you if you don't believe in yourself. So and go with what empowers you. Ignore them and take care of yourself and life will be good. Number three, give it time. Time heals everything. I know um, right now I'm going through some issues and at the same time, 
if I give it time and continue working on things, time heals everything. Seven rules of life. Number four is um, don't compare. The only person you should try to beat and the person was the person you were yesterday. You know, compare yourself to yourself. What can you do better to make yourself better um, in your seven rules of life? Um, don't get stagnant. Don't get complacent. Compare yourself to yourself and improve yourself every day. Number five, um, stay calm. It's okay not to have everything figured out. You know, as you stay calm, know that in time you'll get there. Um, you don't start a marathon by running a marathon. You start with one step followed by a second step. So stay calm that you're going to get to your end goal if you have small little acknowledgments, small little movements along the way. Um, number six, it's all on you. Only you are in charge of your happiness. You know, people make excuses all the time. Average people make excuses all the time. Well, I didn't get treated fair. I didn't get that promotion the way I was supposed to. It's on you. Do what you can to better yourself to be able to get back what you want. You know, empower yourself. It's on you. Don't blame it on anybody else. And number seven, obviously, as a dentist, I have to go with smile. Life is short. Enjoy it while you have it. And if you are able to smile your way, if if you're able to smile your way through things, what's the old saying? It only takes 17 muscles to make yourself smile. And it's 42 to make them make yourself frown. So, you know, fake it till you make it. Understand that you and the way that you carry yourself is so important. If people, oh, what was um, Snoop uh, Eeyore? Um, always going around with a cloud and, you know, down. I hate to even make my face do it, but like, he's always sad and he's always Eeyore. You know, <laughs> people expected it out of Eeyore. Let people turn the corner when they see you and go, hey, there's the guy that always does this or always does that or this is the lady who always does this and and be so positive that you know you're going to get a smile out of them because you're smiling you know even if you're hurting on the inside i'm not saying fake it till you make it but there's days that you have to put on a persona you have to you know, hey how you doing well do you really want to know you know my dog died i burnt the dinner and i had a wreck and you know people people don't People may want to hear an occasional down day, but, you know, do something that makes that person have an amazing day, you know, help them smile with your smile. Yeah. That's beautiful. Uh, it does make a difference just to see that smile. Um, it kind of yeah. Somebody's day. yeah. So it's wonderful. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing all of this. Uh, if anybody, I don't know if you wanted to add anything else to it. If anybody wanted to know more about what you do, is there a way that they can reach you? Or, or? Yeah, um, actually on on Instagram, my my son has a couple different sites and I'll try to remember them by the time it's done, but I'm still old school. I do Facebook and it's under Jim McDowell, um, Dr. Golden Boy. And it, if you're under Jim McDowell, it'll be under um, Florida. There's not many other pictures that, you know, look like mine on the, on the, on the front of Facebook. And um, I guess the, the point that I did want to leave with you is do not accept mediocrity. Um, you go to dinner and you see a family of four sitting there and they all have their phone out and they're all on the phone with their friend. They're missing family time. Um, average people, average people spend four hours a day on their phone and TV. And it's probably actually more than that. The average person only spends eight to 12 minutes a day speaking to their spouse or their kids. 
find a way to not be average. I, I want to be able to share with, you know, with Beth and my kids and, and all the people I come in contact with to not have the, whatever you want to call the phone. We, it's our life, but it's, it's an idiot box too. And it, it does so many amazing things. I can sign contracts and I can, you know, look at people traveling to the top of Kilimanjaro. I just saw somebody post from there and I want to, I want to go there one day, but that's not the point. The point is don't become so attached to your phone. Don't become so attached to your TV that you don't love the person that's right there next to you. That's don't accept mediocrity, mediocrity. Don't accept average reinvent yourself be that new exceptional person that you know you can be that is a beautiful message to send out there thank you thank you so much for sharing all of it it's uh, always a pleasure talking to you and uh, watching you at work is also amazing so uh, for everybody who's listening you can definitely find uh our, our wonderful golden boy, Dr. Jimmy McDowell on Facebook. And uh, I, in the comments, I will add uh, the Instagram. Thank you. Thank you, Danielle. Amazing. Next time you come to Florida, forget about the panhandle, forget about the West coast of Florida, come to the East coast. We got a, we got a place for you to come check the beach out. Oh, I love that. I know there's a lot of our, our uh, colleagues or our coworkers that are um, also on your side. Yeah. I don't know yeah. if my business partners will be too pleased to hear that. Forget the panhandle, come to the, come to the fun side. <laughs> That'll yeah. Be, yeah. be quite the message to send out, but thank you again. And for everybody thank listening uh, again, you can reach, uh, you can find um, Jimmy on Facebook and uh, stay safe, stay awesome. Uh, we'll talk soon. Peace out. Thank you. Have a great day. <laughs> there we go.